0: Welcome to the Lightning 50 e commerce growth hacking podcast brought to you by Bright Pearl. Want to turn your business into a cash generating machine? You've come to the right place. This bite sized podcast reveals the technology secrets fueling the world's fastest growing online brands. And for our host, we have retail industry expert Caroline Baldwin. She'll be sharing her own wisdom and experience as she interviews high growth e commerce brands to uncover their secret tech tools and tips for success. Let's get started on supercharging
1: your growth. Here's Caroline. Hello, I'm Caroline and welcome to the Lightning 50 e E-commerce Growth Hacking Podcast. Today, we are speaking to Lauren Jester, Sales and Marketing Director of the Biscuitier Baking Company. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Uh, me too, especially because you work for the biscuitiers which is genuinely one of my favourite food brands. Um, this this company, for those of you who have not heard of the biscuitiers has started out in two thousand and seven and produces beautiful handmade iced biscuits. And customers can go online and buy biscuits to send in the post. So you know who needs flowers. Um, you're also stocked in the likes of John Lewis now, and you have icing cafes, which gives you a physical brand, a physical base for your brand. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we've got three icing cafes. Um, dotted across London and um, so
0: we started in 2012 and um, with our kind of original one in Notting Hill we moved down to Clapham um, in 2014 and then actually literally just before Christmas we opened our new flagship store in Belgravia and um, so really exciting new venture for us.
1: Great so yes so you're a really good example of growth Then, <laughs> in that case over the past yeah. wh- how, however many many years at uh, 10-15 years or so so you're but more specifically let's start talking about the business today and how e-commerce has helped you get to where you are now with three physical stores and a a, a franchise deals as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we consider ourselves online first. Um, That's how we started.
0: Um, And I think e-commerce opens up such a wealth of opportunity in that it's brilliant to have bricks and mortar stores and they're a really important part of our business um, in terms of as a marketing tool and as a way to expand the brand and that brand experience but ultimately you know google is kind of like the high street of the world so you know anyone can find your brand which gives you such ability to scale and so even though we do have these kind of three stores it's still very much at the heart of the business for us and it's actually where we see our growth in the future as well and i think largely that we kind of knew that pre- covid and pandemic but i think that has entrenched that if anything um going
1: forward and it is the growth hacking podcast so let's talk a little bit about that growth so some stats i've got here from 2019 to 2020 is that your growth rate stood at a whopping 197 percent so obviously these were very unprecedented times but um and with covid and everyone couldn't be with with each other and surely care packages were zooming up and down the country and i was definitely responsible for sending a few of your Biscuits in the post to people I couldn't be with. Did you find that I was definitely not alone and that was a causer of that growth?
0: Yeah, hugely. I mean, uh, you know, we, we've actually been very fortunate in that the growth has been very steady for us ever since we started. Um, and, you know, we we would regularly be posting somewhere between 20 and 30 percent growth, which is great. I guess what happened during the pandemic is it kind of just like was like rocket fuel to the flame. It was just crazy. I guess the the kind of the impact of not, as you said, not being able to see anyone. Um, but also people being stuck at home. Um, and actually, I found that people were really responsive to trying to shop with small businesses as well, which we would sort of consider ourselves still within that space. I suppose we're still very much an SME. So yeah, the, the pandemic, I guess what happened was, you know, we were we're fortunate enough. So we manufacture all of our own products, and um, they're ice biscuits, they have to be done by hand, that's kind of like our USP. So whilst that was incredibly challenging operationally, because we were trying to operate um, under some initially very confusing government guidelines around whether, you know, businesses could stay open, and then we realised online businesses could stay open. Once we got our heads around that, the it was actually a bit of a blessing because we're totally agile in terms of what we produce um we don't have a lot of wastage and what we were able to do is kind of pivot um our collection to really respond to the the kind of trends and demands that we were seeing from the pandemic so we released a huge range of kind of I guess, like pandemic trends um, collections. So we had like a gym bunny box when everyone was kind of like trying to go outside and do their exercise. We had a date night in collection um, because everyone was kind of stuck inside, not able to see each other. But also we were able to respond to, I guess, the demand we were seeing in lots of places for you know, people wanted to do activities at home. So we designed a collection of um, DIY kits so people could have a go at icing their own biscuits at home, um, which was a huge seller for us throughout the whole of the, the kind of three lockdowns, I suppose, that we went into. And I guess... At the end of it, I felt that, um, you know, whilst we can't say that we're responsible for the demand that we saw um, that came off the back of the pandemic, I think what we're able to do was respond to it in a way and make the most of the wave that was kind of coming our way, which is something I feel particularly proud of, or I know the business feels proud of too, like the team here are amazing in, in kind of going for that response.
1: Fantastic. So has that been what you would maybe describe a bit of a secret to your success was being able to, COVID or not, pivot towards, um, you know, we, we, we've just had Valentine's Day and yeah. you've done some really interesting things there. And yeah. every um, every holiday or seasonal, um, there's, a little, there's always like a kind of kitsch little connection there. Has that been one of the things that's been helpful, having that personalised experience, I suppose?
0: I think being responsive to trends, I, what, what I've learned very much over the last over the last year, so we had this fantastic growth, and then this year we've been fortunate enough to kind of maintain similar levels to what we saw before, but it's been quite hard. It's been a slightly harder work, I suppose, this year, because I think that initial burst of, of kind of gifting, online gifting, has maybe uh, uh, kind of slowed down slightly. Mm. Um, but I think what we've been able to do is kind of really respond to the trends that we're seeing and it helps us Then it's not I slightly think if you don't do that it's like pushing water uphill slightly you know it's very difficult to generate especially because we're quite a niche brand to generate that demand without having that wider I guess spotlight on it from people like in the media or just in general Um, so I think that's probably one of the keys to our success is watching that market and, and reacting to what people want as well.
1: So interesting. You've got a really interesting background. So you you were actually head of e-commerce at the Biscuiteers at one point, and now you're in sales and marketing. Is that correct? Yeah. So you've gone from the techie side through to the trends and marketing. That's uh, that's really fascinating. What have some of the um, challenges been from the technology perspective as well as the marketing side? You must be able to see both sides of the coin.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And and for us, they they are completely combined as well. I don't think I could have made that shift. I think the what's fantastic about biscuiteers is they realise how important that – e-commerce arm is you know it is the driving force behind the business and I don't think I would have been able to make that jump in many other businesses but because they value it so much it's amazing I suppose it, the thing that's been a challenge for us from a technology perspective and I think it's the same challenge that goes across every business is having all of that data in one place so and I think we after the kind of crazy growth we saw of the last year it became apparent that having spreadsheets for this part of the business and somebody else looking about over here and this program is looking after this and this app looking after this kind of wasn't really working for us. Um, it was becoming increasingly difficult to get a good grasp over um just what we were kind of achieving and doing. And it was also like creating a lot of inefficiencies in the business. So many people running around trying to find stats in order to like inform decisions that we wanted to make pretty quickly. So I think that is something that I've really noticed and you know when I was the head of e-commerce It was something that I realized pretty early on. We had a a POS system for our stores and we had our e-commerce app. We used Magento. um, And having two separate databases, two separate catalogs was was just no good for anyone. So um, part of my role there was to combine that by choosing a new POS system that could kind of link both together, which was fantastic. And I think we realized from there just how great it was when you can have that link up and how important it was going to be for us if we want to try and scale any further.
1: Fantastic. So what are the kinds of technology have you used that you feel has really helped you grow and get to the scale you are today? I think from a kind of a
0: website perspective, just going back to my e-commerce side of things, I think a huge amount of kind of web listening um, and uh, kind of, I guess, conversion rate optimization tools have been hugely helpful. Um, what I think I've realized and that I've managed to carry from both of my roles is that if you ask and talk to your customer, they often will give you the solution. to the the problem that you think you have. Um, So things like Hotjar, we were using um, kind of Google Optimize for a while to really understand how customers were behaving across our uh, website. Um, But I suppose more recently, um, the kind of jump that we're looking to make in the next few years as a kind of fast-growing business Obviously, I know that this is uh, a Bright Power podcast, but Bright has been a huge part of that. And and we had to make a really active decision as a business to undertake. It's not an easy task inputting a system like that, because you're really having to go back to basics with every single part of your business, from your product catalogue through to your accounts, um, through to the sales channels you're using, the warehousing and the stock system. And, um, you know, trying to pull that all together was not an easy task, but we made a conscious decision that we had to you know kind of i guess choose a partner to work with so that we can try and centralize all of that and and really make the kind of next steps laying the foundations for us as, as we kind of grow because we, we couldn't sustain where, the, the way we were working i suppose
1: and how did that journey go about how long ago did you implement and how did that all work out well we're relative newbies
0: i think so um we actually implemented in august it took us about um three months I think all in all I guess it, it was it was huge and it it really involved quite a lot of key stakeholders in the business so we had to make sure that it was right for every single person um, and we also chose at the same time as implementing Brightcard to also overhaul our warehousing system um, and how we kind of operate and manage from there as well so Um, It was a fairly big undertaking. But yeah, we got there in the end. I think the the key was doing it in our down period in the summer, because I think we absolutely couldn't. Um, um, And the key for us was trying to get it in and working pre-Christmas because we kind of knew that we probably couldn't have survived another crazy Christmas like we had in 2020 without having that more key support from a
1: centralized system needed this robust support and I, I guess doing the those two projects at the same time is quite terrifying but probably still easier than doing two medium sized projects one after another. Just need to rip that band aid off, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. And you know, I think being an SME,
0: like we do things relatively quickly. Like we don't once we've made the decision you know, and this comes from our MD, really, you know, she wants fast results. So we're quite used to doing that. But I think, you know, the disruption that it it does cause because you are really going back to basics of the whole operation of the business, you need to try and do it, I guess, for us, we had to do it in that summer period, because we knew that we couldn't get through to Christmas without having some more support there.
1: Of course. And are there any new technologies on the horizon you're looking to implement? Maybe not quite such a big project straight away, uh, but now now Christmas is out of the way. Is there much that you've got planned?
0: Yeah, there are actually. I mean, we've been toying for a while with the idea of developing an app. Um, We are very much in the gifting space um, and so many of our kind of competitors have that and we know they see success with it. So the only problem is that apps can be quite um, expensive and, you know, difficult to, um, I guess, develop. Um, and I guess relatively high risk if you can't guarantee you're going to see the return because it's a lot of money to kind of outlay initially. So we're exploring the possibility of a, a, a PWA, which is a progressive web app. So it's kind of a way for us to dip our toe into the app world without having to develop something that sits independently on the app store. Customers would install it that on our website. We can promote it to our customer database and we could start building out some great features for our customers to hopefully generate a bit more customer loyalty. Um, we have a fabulous points-based uh, program called Prezi Points. Um, we can really see that customers who engage with that are really um, kind of loyal to the brand, um, and we want more ways of kind of pushing that out, I suppose. So, yeah, that's the next big thing on the horizon, I suppose, for us at the
1: moment. Exciting stuff. Well, good luck with that. Um, so what's your top tip? for growth and scale we're coming to the end of our chat now so we need our key takeaways what's what would you share with our listeners out there for getting to this the amazing growth that you have got to
0: i think i know it sounds dull because i've heard this plenty of times from other people but i think staying true to your business missions and values i think if you try and go too off piste with what you want to try and achieve just because you're chasing scale or growth um, I think you might get that scale or growth, but you won't have the longevity and you also won't build a brand that customers can really connect to. But I mean, that I think the absolute top tip really is just be really mindful and watch those trends that you're seeing. Um, you can see it in your own sales through what people are buying, but also just be mindful of what's out there as well. Social media has been such a great listening tool for us. Um, you don't really have to go far for customers to give their input and feedback. Um, and that can just be so key to making sure that you're creating something that people want to engage with and, and buy from. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Because without those customers, you wouldn't have a business, right? No, listen to those customers. <laughs> all, all very important tips there. So you rank 32 on the Lightning 50 list of fastest growing brands. What does that recognition mean to you, your the business that you work for and the wider employees?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's super exciting for us. I think having that recognition off the back of like an incredibly challenging year for everyone felt extra special um and you know it's chock full of some really exciting brands as well so to be in company with those people i think um kind of is the cherry on top really so yeah we're we're chuffed
1: oh that's great to hear lauren thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today it's been really interesting hearing about your journey and we wish you all the luck for the future thank you so much thank you and to our listeners out there thank you so much for listening to this episode we will be back with you with another episode shortly